Donald Trump is not heading to his civil fraud trial like he was scheduled to be doing about right now. He scrapped the plans unexpectedly. In a last minute post yesterday writing, he quote, already testified to everything and has nothing more to say. The reversal also came after he doubled down on his dictator remarks at a dinner in New York City. CNN's Kristen Holmes joining us right now with more on all of this. Kristen, no court today, more dictator talk, and now more polling momentum. What are you hearing from that team? decision for him not to testify. His lawyers had been pushing back on the idea that he would show up in court, uh, and it seems that they won out on that, and Donald Trump decided not to actually take the stand. Uh, but this is far from the end of his legal troubles. And when I talk to his team, what they're really trying to figure out now is how to navigate these various upcoming trials, including the one here in D.C., where he is charged with trying to overturn the 2020 election, which is slated to happen in March, which really will be the peak of primary season. So they're trying to figure out how to navigate that. Now, as you look here, this is what I want to show you, this calendar here in January. Look at all of the dates here. This is what we're starting to see. This election season is ramping up. He is expected to travel at least two total weeks here between New Hampshire and Iowa leading into uh, that caucus and then that primary. The, again, legal troubles aren't over and there's still going to be discovery. He's still going to be needing to meet with various lawyers. And that is going to impact how far out he can plan his travel. And one thing to pay attention to, and I know that you noted this, as his polling numbers go up, as he seems to be getting more support from the Republican Party, he's also ramping up his rhetoric, including mentioning that dictator comment one, one more time over the weekend at an event in New York. Take a listen. Dictator for one day. But the New York Times said, and you know why I wanted to be a dictator? Because I want a wall, right? I want a wall, and I want to drill, drill, drill. One thing just to point out here is that this was an answer saying that he wanted to be a dictator for a day when he was asked by an ally, Sean Hannity, over and over again that if, if he were to be reelected, would he abuse power? And instead of answering directly, he deflected and said that he would be a dictator for a day. And as we have seen, as his poll numbers continue go, to go up, as it seems to be inching towards the nomination, that question was a response to a number of anti-Trump Republicans and Democrats who said that if Trump were to be reelected again, that they would they believed that he would be a dictator or abuse power. And again, when he was asked that directly, he deflected. And now it seems that he's doubling down on that line, Fred. Mm -hmm. All right, Kristen Holmes, thank you so much. Panel is back with me. We are also joined by CNN legal analyst and former federal prosecutor, Elliot Williams. Um, Matt Mowers, uh, Matt Gorman was sitting in your Republican seat on Friday or, or on the last day when we talked ex extensively about the, the dictator remarks. And his he really focused in on the issues that Trump was talking about, the border wall yep. and drill, drill, drill. We've since had a lot of Republicans come out and say, ah, he's just joking. Now, I have to say, I think I was willing to buy that from Republicans for a lot of years when I covered the Trump mm -hmm. administration. And then I was there on January 6th. Mm -hmm. And it definitely stopped being funny. Yeah. Um, what do you? What is your take on his decision to do this here? Well, my take is that he's doubling down because he knows we're all going to talk about it. 
Right here we are uh, almost a week after he made the initial comments and here we're still talking about it. We are also talking about the issues of you know, American energy independence and drill baby drill. We are talking about securing the southern border. So he is using this to troll all of us essentially to also talk about the issues he wants to talk about. He instinctively knows how this media landscape works and that's why you're seeing him double down on it um, because otherwise in no other political environment would you ever double down and say I'm going to be a dictator even for one moment as American president. But we're not dealing with the traditional politician here. We're dealing with Donald Trump who knows how this media cycle plays, knows here we are spending our time talking about it. And so he's going to continue to double down on things like this. We should not be shocked for the next year if there's going to be a lot more statements like this. What is it about the Republican base these days that makes this appealing? this dictator thing because because they, they well there's two facets of this one is because they do feel like they want someone who's going to you know there's aspects of a strong man they're looking for strength right now they see weakness emanating out of the Oval Office they see the world on fire they're looking this for someone supposed to, to come be the party of Reagan right sure. city on the hill like tear down this wall democracy is the right. height of everything like right. what has changed and I'm not condoning what he's saying for the record but what the the Republican base is looking at saying you know what I want someone who's going to go in there day one and start taking on issues uh, to, you know, go back eight years ago when everyone said the Republican base takes him uh, not literally but figuratively. That's what they're doing right now. They're saying, you know what, he's not, I don't think he's going to be an actual dictator. I think he's going to go in there and make decisions on day one. And it's on two issues I care about as a Republican voter, American energy independence and securing the border. Yeah, so the challenge there, Elliot, is that, um, you know, it does seem like he has a track record of actually doing the things he's going right. to say, despite the fact that, um, you know, I mean, many people in 2016 listen to him say, oh, ban Muslims, he's never going to do that. Oh, like, you know, build a border wall with Pentagon money that's supposed to defend the country. He'll never. Oh, wait, he did do that. Um, what is like your view of yeah. how and whether the legal system would hold if this arc continues and we see Donald Trump um, head back towards the Oval Office? I think the cynical answer is that it will not. And I think this is not me, quite frankly, talking as a lawyer, but as the child of immigrants. And it happens all over the world. Um, and I think we in the United States have this notion, particularly on the political left in America, that our institutions will somehow save us. If someone comes in and says, I'm going to circumvent the Justice Department, the Defense Department, the State Department, the Department of Education, and just implement policies that I wish to have implemented, uh, he can just do that. And I think we had, or at least for most of American history, just this notion that, that a president could not do that. And so, for instance, if you take the wall uh, and drilling, those are both things that the government is capable of doing, and there's a process for doing it. You know, there's a, there's a procurement process for how to construct a wall and so on. But the president sort of making clear and is going to install, or at least has said he wants to install people around him who will just do it. And I think we've got to get off this notion in America that we will be saved by the rule of law. It only is as good as we who choose to adhere to it and politicians agreeing to carry out, uh, to, to sort of, uh, to, right. to play along. It requires buy-in right. buy from, right. from the people who um, are, are governed by yeah. the laws. Um, I want to show you, Mariana, um, Senator J.D. Vance, uh, who is a, a conservative senator uh, from Ohio, who I would say is uh, particularly Trumpian, I guess, in his sort of orientation of late. Um, he spoke to my colleague Jake Tapper on State of the Union over the weekend. Watch what he had to say. Do you really have no concerns that Donald Trump might try to abuse his power if reelected? No, Jake, I don't. Look, the guy was president for four years. We had peace. We had prosperity. We had wages rising faster than inflation. Joe Biden has been president for three years. Now the average Ohio family pays 10,000 more to afford the same standard of living. Uh, the idea that Trump is going to be radically different than what he was four years ago is, is just preposterous. He was an effective, successful president. Uh, I think he will be an effective, successful president again. That's why I've endorsed him. 
And I, and I think this desire to make the election all about the past is indicative of the fact the Democrats don't have much to run on. I think Republicans do. I mean, Mariana, that's what you're going to see from Republicans here in Washington if Donald Trump rolls on. Oh, absolutely. And we even heard from Kevin McCarthy this past week saying, oh, no, don't take Trump at his word. I think it was actually kind of indicative that J.D. Vance himself said, oh, you know, it's, he's not going to be this radi radically different from what he was. Well, a lot of people remember Trump as being this guy who broke down barriers. And I think one thing that Elliot said, which is true, is that there is concerns about the institutions and who will run those institutions. Because a lot of people said during the Trump administration, and we've seen it from some of his former officials, said, I was there to say the right thing. I tried to change his minor. You know, we put our foot down to make sure certain things stood in place. Those people may not be in that administration anymore. And I think that's something that or I'm sure, sure the Biden campaign is going to be well, leaning on. And I think to that point, it's not just the senior political appointees that he's talking about. It's literally purging uh, many of the career officials who, who, whom the president, former president, uh, and his allies deemed to be insufficiently loyal. That's a big, again, there's a process for firing people in the federal government, but he's now stated that he does not wish to adhere to it. And I think, uh, he, he's capable of doing it. I just and I can't say it enough times. Yes, and yeah. I think the power in this for the Biden campaign in this argument lies with the power of making this argument lies with moderate voters, suburban voters, swing voters. We know it is it is for reasons that you guys were just discussing that we could probably talk about for hours. It is red meat for his base, but his base alone doesn't get him there. He has to win a sliver of independent, moderate, suburban voters, and so. You know, the more that the Biden campaign can drive this contrast, can use the four years to say, because I think Mariana's right, people uh, remember his, those four years as being um, borderline autocratic, borderline despotic. If you're not somebody who is inclined to like Trump, that's how you remember those four years. So he is an incumbent. I mean, he is not a challenger in the way he was in 2016, where he can just kind of, you know, paint pictures with words. And, uh, you know, he, he has a four year record. And I think for the Biden campaign to just keep driving this argument at moderate voters, uh, at suburban voters, that's where that's where the political payoff of making this argument will be.